Banana Bunch. You know what time it is. Time for the Jungle Gyms Podcast. I'm your host, Mark. Thanks for joining me. We're at the intro of the show. You know what this means. This is the part where I say to you all, hey, first off, we're doing this as a video program now. So if you're watching or if you're listening to it, rather, I would love if you jumped over to Jungle Gyms International Market on YouTube. Subscribe there and watch the show there. You can leave comments really easy. But if you're still down to only the audio version, that's cool with me, too. Thanks. But I would love if you could leave a review on Apple Podcasts or Spotify because that's how shows get successful. So I got a good one for you this week. I hope you're ready. Here's what's on the menu this week at The Jungle. We're talking about Taiwanese food and snacks as part of the Discoveries program. I bring in one of the greatest pretzel creators of all time. And then I've got a secret exciting segment at the end, which I hope will be kind of a recurring thing. Just that I'm doing a secret fun segment at the end, right? Think about late night TV. You know, you have a couple segments that are fun and engaging and interesting and maybe even informative. And then you end with a musical guest or comedian or Something like I'm going to show you today, so I hope you're on board. So coming up first on the show today, I found out that this week had National Pretzel Day in it. So you know what that means. I had to reach out to a great pretzel maker here in town, and they're going to teach you all about making pretzels. That sounds fun. That's a little, a nice opening salvo. Here we go. Like I probably just said in my lead up, this week contains National Pretzel Day. So you know what I did for all of you, and I'll look at the Mark Cam, I brought in the best pretzel maker I know. Drew, how you doing, buddy? Pretty good. How you doing? I'm awesome, man. And of course, as everyone you may recognize, uh, my I keep calling him my unofficial co-host, Chris V. Baby, welcome back. Glad to be back. Looking oh, forward to some pretzel. Me too. Okay, Drew, tell me about yourself and tell me about Tuba um, Baking Company. Excuse uh, me. Okay. Uh, my name is Drew. You don't have to. Well, I mean, I'll try to. <laughs> uh, my name is Drew Rath. Um, I, uh, Northern Kentuckian, Born and bread, and we're uh, getting ready to open up our uh, new location, which is going to be in Dayton, Kentucky. Uh, moving from our location that was in Covington, this location is going to have uh, a lot more seating. Um, it's going to be open more days of the week, and we're going to be able to do a whole lot more with uh, all the items that we were offering at our other location. Oh my gosh! And I'm so excited about the beer garden. Yeah, yeah. How can yeah. we? One of the things that I thought was really interesting to me about Tuba and why I thought when you would first hit me up, you're like, "Hey, National Pretzel Day is coming up," and I'm like, "Well, don't mind if I do." What I thought was so cool about you guys is that you have, and I keep using the word "ancient" because I can't think of a less funny word to put in there. But you have this like very interesting process to doing the stuff that you're doing there. Can you talk to us a little bit about that? I thought that was. I don't know, I think that'd be fun to share with them. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. I mean, it is kind of an ancient process. It's going back to like more than likely the Roman times when they kind of introduced that into the Southern German areas. Cause then you got the Bavarian style, you got the Swabian style, which is the style that we do. Okay. And um, so pretty much we, it's a, about a three day process. We do a uh, pre-ferment. We use ancient grains like spelt and rye that would have been found in the area. Uh, my ancestors actually milled those exact uh, grains back in the day for from 1100 to the 1800, somewhere around there in the same area. Uh, so incorporating all that in there, we do uh, the difference between the Swabian and the Bavarian style is the Swabian have a higher uh, fat content, higher hydration. So, and they're also, instead of just letting it tear wherever it's gonna tear, they usually do a score in the 
fatter of the belly. Okay. There's also um, skinnier uh, arms. So there's going to be multiple textures throughout the process. Oh, cool. I had no idea. And I was kind of curious my entire life eating pretzels. I'm like, why are they shaped this way? And that makes a ton of sense, to, especially in this regard where it like does create a bunch of different textures. It's sort of like a food adventure. Yeah. Well, they actually are shaped that way because it was leftover dough. And apparently it was for the, the Catholic priests and they would, um, they shaped it in a way to look like a child bowing its head in prayer. Whoa. And so then when the children would learn their prayers, they would be given a pretzel as a reward. And that's oh. essentially where it came from. That's so, a great story. Yeah. yeah. I don't see the child praying. <laughs> yeah, it's kind of evolved out of the original shape, but that's also why like the original shape is supposed to be upside down. So it's supposed to be like, uh, this is the head essentially. And then, so they're oh. going to be closer together and then now the I get across. It. So got it, got it, got it. It's cool. Yeah. We get to have a little artistic license with it these days yeah. now too. You know, times have changed, different spelt, you know? Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> and we also, um, the other thing that makes it a official, which it, or like a real pretzel, according to like German law and everything else, is we do do a lie dip, which a lot of other places have kind of steered away from because of the, uh, you know, it's kind of a really dangerous alkalinic or alkaline. Yeah, what? Okay, so what? I, maybe can you explain lye to the audience a little yes. bit in, in how it's used in food processing? Okay. So historically it would have been potassium hydroxide, which would have been ashes and rainwater mixed together. They would have cleaned everything with it back then. So more than likely they would have accidentally got some on some bread. It would have turned a much darker brown color with a different flavor. So more than likely that's how it started. But uh, it evolved into being able to be created in a lab and being safe for at least uh, food grade. So they created sodium hydroxide, which is official lye. And with that, you make a very kind of weak solution because it's such a strong alkaline. Mm -hmm. And so it's gonna be a 4% solution or so around there. And then you dip the pretzels in there. Uh, usually we're gonna get them into a frozen state right beforehand, just so it holds its shape when it goes into it because it's kind of a, a warmer bath to some, or solution. Um, and so then when it comes out, uh, you score it, and then that's gonna essentially create a, uh, a Maillard reaction that's gonna be chemically cooking it before it actually goes into the oven to start cooking. So that's why oh. it's gonna be so caramelized on the outside, but then soft and chewy on the inside. That's awesome. And I also always love when the Maillard reaction comes up on this yeah. show. It was like one of those uh, terms when I learned it, I was like, oh, I just leveled up a little <laughs> bit. Um, but that's, the, that's like the, when things brown, effectively yeah. audience. Um, Unless you wanted to Google in the middle of the show, which I don't recommend doing. <laughs> That's amazing. I, I, and I think, you know what I think it is with the lie? I think too many people watched Fight Club. Yes. That's, that's really. <laughs> so that's a lot of the control. I can see you sweating over yes. there. But it's such a science. Yeah. I mean, that goes into this. I think that's so cool. Yeah. It's baking a science. But. Yeah, baking is like, is literally the closest thing I think we have to magic sometimes because it's like all this weird shit keeps happening yeah. and it's it's like, oh, well, we actually dipped it in this particular liquid that is otherwise somewhat caustic, yeah. you know, but eat it, it's great. No, yeah. and I, I think that's cool too. I mean, it makes all the difference. You really get, and especially in yours, you always do really get that really good texture from the exterior to the interior. I don't know what words are today, Drew. I don't know what happened. There's something happened on Monday. My brain is off a little bit today. I think you're on par. You're good. Yeah, right. I'm swinging hard. <laughs> yeah, I think I forgot to mention that they are sourdough, and we do use a, uh, I guess it's 14-year-old starter at this point that we've been 
really? maintaining for that long. It's full rye starter. So talk to me about a starter just in general, because I've always heard this expression and I've kind of just been, because I've been foodie adjacent most of my life, I've yeah. been a little too afraid to ask it. So like, what exactly does that mean? So it's essentially just some bacteria that you're keeping alive. Uh, same thing with like a kombucha or vinegar or anything else. You just keep a little bit of the starter that we have is just uh, rye flour, water, and then a little bit of the starter from the one before it. So you just feed it equal amounts of each, and then you just preserve it, feed it every so often, and just maintain it, make sure it's well-fed and cool. It'll last forever. Yeah, That's amazing. So, oh, wow. I wonder what like some of the oldest starters out there are now. There's some ones that people have brought back that I guess like that are thousands of years old because you can like dry it out turn it into a powder. You can also freeze it and I guess it can preserve forever. So Whoa. they found ones from like, I guess like Pompeii and stuff like that. I think I've heard that Whoa. you can buy that were dried out to some, you know, like in an old pot. And That's crazy. I can't yeah. even, can you imagine finding that and being the person yeah. like, oh, I think this is a starter. Yeah. <laughs> because I mean, you think you just need a tiny little bit just to get it active. And then once it gets going, essentially you're, it's only living with the grains from the, the bacteria from the grains root system that you're feeding it right then. So essentially it's never going to have that taste, but it can help with its longevity a lot of times That's based on how old it is and flexibility too. like of whether you just like left it in your fridge for three months, you could usually bring it back if it's an older starter compared to a fresher one or something. That is wild. Yeah. yeah. I'm just sitting here like, cool. Whoa. Yeah. Like, the one literally. thought that I had was like, well, who made the first pretzel with no feeder? Right. <laughs> but, that is a good question. Yeah. Cause instant yeast didn't really come about until yeah, much, much later. I mean, Fleischmann's is one of the big ones from Cincinnati when they right. did it. But um, I mean, even the first guy who sold pretzels in Cincinnati, Ernst uh, Kerfus, it was like in 1840s or so. He did a Swabian style, which would have been the first pretzel of Cincinnati. And it would have had to have been sourdough probably with these specific grains as well. That's amazing. Yeah. Damn, I'm like, my mind is legitimately blown today. I'm just sitting here this morning. I'm just like, we're going to do this fun, goofy thing. And now I'm like, I know so much about baking and pretzels now. It's so interesting. Can I ask, what is like the main uh, bread source that mainstream pretzels are using? You're a sourdough, yeah. right? So if you get like, a, you know, Annie Ann's, something like that. Do you know? like Snyder's. <laughs> I mean, right. what's the consi like? What type of bread are they generally using, or it's, is it all? It's usually going to be a white flour. It's usually going to be yeast. Um, pretzels, for the most part, in America, have just kind of become such a cheap commodity. And that's what we were trying to bring back is that old school style, so people could kind of, in essence, see what their grandparents, great grandparents would have had in that world. Just because, yeah, I mean, it's kind of just been a quick throwaway product. A lot of bakeries have just kind of put their first people on that, and so they're you know just. Awesome. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. That's great. So cool. Let's bust into one, shall we? I would love to. Follow, dive in, baby. I'm going to take one too. All right. See, these are all our sourdough, but we also have uh, oh. a yeast recipe that we sell to. Oh, oh nice. Yeah. Oh, that's fun. And you, you know, you're not just a pretzel bakery. You know, I mean, you've had a full menu as yeah. well. I guess I should try and make that more clear. Yeah, Which we, is also excellent. I keep thinking about this delicious onion tart ooh, I got from you all. The Flamkuchen? I yeah, yes. probably. Um <laughs> sorry, I was gonna make a terrible joke. Um, but no, not good with German generally. So it was I'm, I'm incredible. Not the best either. Yeah. yeah. Everything was incredible. It was awesome. These Thank are you. awesome. It's great. So moist on the inside. Great flavor. Yeah. Good salt content. Too. And this is why I love pretzels. Like they have that you just and like 
what I like about it, there's such a, a noticeable taste to the dough. And I, I say this often on the show, but what I like about meeting, meeting like independent creators, you know, I love meeting the big vendors too, because there's like a whole, it's just two different styles of the, of creating things. Mm-hmm. But I love it because there's just so much flavor and it sounds corny, but I'm like, oh, I taste that you like cared about making this. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. And it, it goes through. May I ask a question of possible taboo? Meaning, yeah. a chef doesn't get offended, but they're kind of like, could I have, you know, if, if a, a customer asked for ketchup or like A1, if they grilled you a steak or whatever, do you have a preference on a dipper or is your pretzel meant to be as is? So my personal preference, so in Swabia, usually a pretzel is served with just butter. So a lot of times you're going to cut open the fat part of the belly, stuff that full of butter, and then it's going to be, in it's that. a butter pretzel. Oh. Yeah. And personally, I think, after everything, I think that is still the best way to eat them. It's insane what it does to it, and I keep trying to preach that to people, but it's mustard is still the go-to, which is more of a Bavarian thing. Usually it's going to be a sweeter mustard, but I personally love mustard as well. So, yeah. I, I have been – so when I first started, I guess you and I kicked around the pretzel bit a while back. I reached out. I have a cousin. I have family all over the world. So my cousin in Germany hits me up. He's like – you got to do this. And I'm like, oh, well, what mustard would you recommend with this pretzel? He's like, mustard. He's like, God, you Americans are so weird. He's like, you put butter on it. Spread. You butter it. That's and why I, I asked. I still haven't tried it. No, I'm glad you did. I'm a mustard guy. I love mustard. Gregory, if you're watching this, still haven't tried the butter, man. Um, <laughs> that's that. I'm glad you asked that question, though, too. But you all, do you, do you also make some? Excuse me. Do you all make some of your own mustards and yeah. dips as we well? We have a whole grain beer mustard that we do. And... Um, we also do some compound uh, butters with, uh, we do a kraut butter and we're going to start incorporating a few other different types that we've been playing with here recently. And I'm looking forward to it. I'm really excited. I think what you've got going on is awesome. And thank you for coming out to tell us about the history of pretzels. Thank you. Yeah. Uh, my one last question, I realized this. I know we mentioned kind of like Roman times. Do we have an idea of when the first pretzel was? Can we celebrate its birthday? I mean, it. it's somewhere, it's, I, I think seven or eight hundred somewhere around there. They're guessing, but I mean, there's ancient paintings with them on it, like uh, Renaissance era, Baroque era. So I mean, it's it's pretty old. We'll just pick a date. I feel like it's <laughs> honestly. I kind of feel like pretzels a spring baby. I feel like it's a March, maybe early April. Yeah. I'll, okay. But well, I mean, we're in April now, right? This is why it's National Pretzel Day. Today's exactly. his birthday. Well, happy birthday, pretzels. And Drew, thank you so much for coming out. If you all are in Dayton, Kentucky, or in the greater Cincinnati, Ohio area, you should go see Drew and check out what he's got going on over there. I highly recommend it. Now I'm going to turn the cameras off so I can shove the rest of this in my face all at once. Drew, thank you so much for coming out and teaching us all about pretzel making today. I learned a ton. I'm assuming all of you learned a ton, too. So if you're watching the video right now, you're probably like, Mark, where are you? Well, I'm back in our international section, and this week we're covering something for the Discoveries program. So if you're new to the show, our Discoveries program, we focus on a different culture or country, and every month we switch it out. It's really exciting. So this month, as you can see, we're focusing on Taiwanese food. I'm really excited to learn about it. Now, if you're coming into the store, depending on when you come in, maybe the Discoveries program will have switched by then. Don't be alarmed. We always carry these products. They're always here in the store, but the Discoveries program is designed so that you can kind of get like a little teaser, a little something to entice you to come back and, you know, hang out with me in the middle of the store. So on that, let's welcome Jim and Moni back to the show. 
<laughs> well, we're off to a good start already on the uh, on the Jungle Gyms podcast. What's the name of the show, I house? Uh, and I brought back one of my favorite segments that we get to do is once a month, we have this section called Jungle Gyms Discoveries. And in Discoveries, Jim and his team get all kinds of products based on either a theme, a nationality, country, you name it. It's very exciting. And so, Jim, welcome back. Glad to be here. <laughs> <laughs> and also, Moni, I'm glad you're back, too. Thank you so Thank much. Thank you. Thank you for having me. Oh, my gosh. Always. I appreciate it. And as everybody can see, and if you're listening to the audio-only version of the show, no, there is video, so you can check this out if you want to see. But my entire desk is covered in delicious treats and all mm. kinds of fun stuff. So, yeah, lead the way. Talk to me about Taiwan, everyone. Okay. Taiwan <laughs> is famous for its complicated... Yeah, interestingly, rich geopolitical oh. and cultural history. Right. Yeah, and for those you don't know, a lot of people don't don't know Taiwan. Official name is Republic of China. Interesting. Uh, short ROC. Okay. Not to be confused with mainland China, which is that like is PRC? Known as People's Republic of China. Oh, cool. Yes. Yeah, Close. Close, but just uh, different enough to make the distinction, sure. Right. The f formation of Taiwan is one steeped in fascinating history stretching back to 1800s. So, Moni, what is Taiwan most famous for? You were surprised uh, Taiwan is famous for, like, uh, computers, seafoods, and the uh, beef noodles. Really? And the battle nut beauties. Hmm. Nice street. A night market that's really popular. They have all kinds of food in the nice night markets, and that's every uh, people go to shop. I mean, travel over there. That's, that's the number one thing they have to try. Oh, cool! Yeah, and um, bicycles. Huh. They got a two big biggest companies um, made those bicycles. Taiwan, yes, HTC smartphones. The oh. boba tea, the tea and boba tea. Well, uh, I can talk a little, about, little bit about the night market because they have uh, all over the Asia. But now they're quite the same, like you will find in Taiwan. And they have like a busting hive of activities and practically every neighborhood has one of those like market. Oh, uh -huh. food, clothes, elderly shaved cakes, toys, games. They have uh, everything over there too. Yeah, I'm interested. Let's go. <laughs> this, yeah, this is the most popular, and I think they have a one really famous um, tourist uh, national park is really famous. Oh, and it's because the natural. Thing and it's, uh, it's really favorite by those uh, hiking or called uh, climbing those rock. Oh, climb those. This is a mountainous area, right? And it's yeah. something that I think we don't think about. <laughs> Again, it's one of those. I didn't really think yes. about that. That's really cool and really nice scenery over there. The nature's really beauty. I love it. I would love to see that too. Oh, so. Cool. And I was going to ask, like, what are some, I mean, you mentioned Mochi, for example, but like, what are some of the 
are there like specific Taiwanese dishes or certain things that we should be focusing on that I, you know, I know, I know like two big categories for us are obviously the mochi. I'm definitely guessing the bubble tea is a big one too. Yeah, the bubble, they, they, originally, they did. And the bubble oh, tea did originate yeah. from Taiwan. Huh. Okay. I had no idea about that. And I love bubble tea. Probably, now it's probably originating. The hottest, probably the hottest <laughs> trend out there today. Yeah. It's yeah. The, the bubble tea right now. It was invented in eighties. Oh, really? Yeah, okay, so it's still pretty new. <coughs> only discovered recently by the world. Uh, only get really popular recently, like this maybe a few years or something. Sure. And yeah. I, I remember seeing them start popping up in, in Cincinnati, and I was just like, yeah. oh, I wonder how far behind we are. Yeah. That was actually a lot of people like to go, too. Even it's a little bit more expensive. But, yeah. Uh, fresh maize usually tastes better also. So oh. They have a different... Uh, taste of a boba tea also that mm -hmm. can add a little bit uh, different stuff, different taste. Sure. Mm -hmm. I feel like in the cans, usually it's like the, the bubbles themselves, actual bobas are, the texture's not as pleasing. Uh, you That's know, tapioca. That's yep. tapioca. Yeah, and, yes. and like when you get those fresh, oh, yeah. they're so good. Uh, and I also like that, it, like you said too, you know, the cans are always pretty good in the flavor, but like when you get them out, it's like you get a little more nuance, a little, maybe right. a little less sweetness, uh, uh -huh. things like that. More fresh, more tea flavor. Right. Yes. Yeah. It, I joke sometimes that I think that they're making the, the canned teas for Americans because it's so, well, you know, some, sweet, you know. There might be some truth to that. Some flavor is really sweet, like a Thai tea flavor, mm -hmm. and the taro flavor. Yeah. They're really sweet. Really? They are, they are the new flavors. Uh, originally, they have original flavor, that's classic one, mm -hmm. and uh, then brown sugar also is classic flavor, and it's more popular than the original flavor, too. Interesting. Yes. I think I ha I think I recently picked up a can of the brown sugar, but I haven't tried it yet, but I usually Then they have a matcha is coming out after that. It's, oh. it's more, it's less popular, but also really popular over here, too. So. Right. Well, and part of the delay of us getting into the bubble teas, or boba teas, as they're frequently called, is your U.S. government protected us from them about 15 years ago? They totally restricted them from the U.S. as choking hazards. Re oh! Uh, so when I when I first came here, they came in and pulled them all off the shelf, and we had to stop carrying. No kidding! Because people they were worried would choke on them. That's a warning to all yes, of you. Yes, so don't choke on your boba. <laughs> but uh, so it, it don't it, choke it, on your boba. So it, it slowed the growth of it, and I think they've actually made the pearls. Maybe smaller now than they used to be, but I have a different size actually. Yeah. yeah, and they seem softer too. So it's like I feel like if I did choke on it, if I managed to successfully choke on a can on a drink, <laughs> um, it just go right down. When you look at some of the cool stuff here, you, you'll yeah. see you'll see one common thing with some of the cool products, especially from Japan, mm -hmm. is the packaging and creation of food products are just light years ahead of us. Yeah. Which is why some of the companies around us come in and they'll buy this stuff up, mm -hmm. take it back and reverse engineer it. So is there a specific product that I, since we've got the cameras out, like, is there something in particular that you can give me a point of reference on so I understand what you mean? Well, not as much from Taiwan, but I've had several of our major manufacturers come in and buy things like pokey sticks and stuff from us. Okay. And then take them back and they've come out and created products similar to those. I, so okay. I totally understand. So too. See, you know, and I, I mean, they're, they're pretty blatant. They'll give me their business card and tell me who they are. Right. They like, say, get me a master case of this when you get it in. <laughs> and I'm like, and then they take it back to their laboratory. And next thing you know, they have their version of something yeah. coming out. So. Cookie lines yeah, or something yeah. stupid. Well, yeah, cookie rolls. But anyway, <laughs> uh, and 
I'll let Moni jump in, but the one thing I see taking off right now is is the pea snacks, pea flavored cookies, okay, and snacks, and that is <laughs> and that's that's P E A to the yeah, audience. Yeah, to I'm be sorry, very it's not, not not urine flavored, but um, <laughs> that's in specialty soda. But yeah, but if you uh, if you look across the sections, <laughs> you'll see a ton of. <laughs> Pea flavored snacks in Nepal and India. Also, I'm and assuming too that like they. I think I've noticed that in like a bunch of products lately. And I'm assuming that you could just puff out peas the same way you do a corn product or whatever. You know what I mean? Right. Yeah, pretty much. You pretty much a lot of that. That's cool. So, all right, Moni. So, what would you say is something that we should dive into first here to well, give the audience a taste, as it were? The sun cake is pretty Taiwanese orange. Original. Really? It's and that's this one of the box, yeah, right? People like travel over there, always buy sake for like a gift. Okay. Bring back to somebody else or family and friends. And um, yeah, boba tea is definitely, okay. definitely want to try it. Okay, folks. So now that we're back and we're going with the sun cake, I'm excited. A few just short ingredients to give you an idea wheat flour, sugar, maltose, butter, and soybean oil. Let's get it out. Now we're entering an area of Mark's expertise. <laughs> <laughs> Opening boxes of cakes. <laughs> I love the packaging. Oh, that's cute. They're fun and individual, so I don't think I actually need to cut these the way I thought I was going to. The knife was a ruse. Just pretend. Well, we can move on and try something else. Here you go. Pass them down the block, folks. K-Ace. Me, if you'd like. All right. Would you all like a plate? Yes, please. I don't know why we're making mess here. Pretty classy. All right. Let's see what we got here. So we have the fun little packaging. I love it. A little pink. It's exciting. I'm happy to try it. All right. Nice. I will cut mine for the sake of showing the inside off. Here's the cross section, folks. Ooh, that looks lot fun. It's got that uh, little little goo on the inside. Does it have like a bean Flaky. paste or something? What's that? Is it a bean paste or something? I was I'm sort of wondering. Let's find out. I believe so. I like that a lot. Is it kind of dry to you? It's like flaky, I'd say. The K is always flaky. It's flaking all over me. It is flaking. and mm -hmm. it, it, I, I see what you mean, Mike, saying it's dry. I think it's good. I really like the filling, and I don't really know what the flavor is. It's like a honey cake or something. Yeah, it's just very lightly sweet. Mm -hmm. And I like, I see, I get so excited about the international sweets because mm -hmm. they're so much less sweet than the U.S. stuff. Not that I don't like that, but I'm just sort of thinking like long term, maybe this is why other countries always look so much physically healthier than us. Yeah. <laughs> So, you know, having tried this, this is delicious. But, Moni, I can't stop staring at the durian mochi that you've um, placed in front of me. Yeah, go Can ahead. you talk to me about what is durian so for anyone that doesn't know? Durian is a tropical fruit. And uh, it's really strong smell mm -hmm. and taste. Texture is more like a mashy kind of a... Almost like, I've always heard it's like custard. 
like kind of yeah, creamy. Kind of creamy, yes. But uh, for the smell and taste of restaurant, some people just either love it or just don't like it at all. Yeah. Yeah, it's not middle. <laughs> <laughs> you can try that, then you know. And as mochi, they actually put the flavor mm-hmm. in the mochi, just not as strong as the fruit mochi. Okay. It's, they added a little bit. They don't want it like a... To be like super potent, I yeah. guess. Okay. You can try it. <laughs> Let's, I, I have to. So for everybody watching, first off, I really love this packaging too. As somebody who the other day was just complaining on the podcast with Nick about hating packaging, but also I love it. Um, let see, where's the... They have a different flavor too. They have a popular flavor, strawberry also. Oh, okay. And the le- lychee flavor. Ooh, I bet lychee's great. Green tea. Mm-hmm. Try one. Yeah, you got to, Jim. I don't yeah. want to. <laughs> Ooh, that's a little... Ooh, baby, a little funk in the bag already. Oh, wow. Yeah. It's okay. already strong enough, but if you try that fruit, it's... Worse or oh, more, po- strong, uh, more strong. Way more stronger. <laughs> I don't want it. Thank don't you. use the term worse. Do you want it? <laughs> She's no. like, I don't want it. Oh, gosh. Do you want to smell? Oof. Oof. <laughs> the flavor doesn't equal the smell. In a good way? Right. Awesome. Yeah, the flavor. I mean, it's got some funk on it. It smells like I opened old eggs, you know, <laughs> in, in, a, in a natural gas factory. Well, the good news is it does not taste like rotten eggs. It might smell like them. Tastes like a Here, if you need a little a something to wash it down with. A flavor. This is taro. That's sweet, really sweet one. So that should knock it out, yeah. right? Yeah, that should, should be able water to. water to clean your Do, Would you like some too money? No, I'm good. I'm You're good. Oh, yeah, you've got the sour sop mm-hmm. drink. I know, I didn't eat it. I don't like dairy <sighs> anyway. <laughs> oh, you haven't tried it yet? No, I'm about to right now. <laughs> Here we go. I'm just going for the whole thing. Kind of like a gel fruit or something. Uh, mochi is like that. It kind well, of got me. Well, yeah, let's talk mochi a little bit. That's delicious. The, the the history of mochi is Japan, as far as I can remember. Orange should be. Yeah, they influence. But, but it's changed it. dramatically over the years. And now the recipe that a lot of the people are buying in the store is the ice cream mochi, which mm-hmm. is really very different than yeah. the original mochi. I mean, well, because like original mochi, it's just like pounded rice flour, it right? Is. Until it's, it's, it's like tacky. It's a sweet, glutinous flour. Glutinous, mm-hmm. yes. Uh, by the way, the durian mochi was great. Like it, it was it kind of the craziest part about this to me before we go back there. I just had to mention it. It tastes like it smells until you bite it. Right. And then instantly it was almost like magic food. It's like a gel candy. Like yeah. Gel like candy. once you got the actual taste, I'm like, oh, this is de- delicious tropical fruit flavor. Mm-hmm. And the smell instantly goes away. And like I'm my mouth is still filled with a very pleasing tropical scent. I'm sorry. So back to actual mochi at this point. But. You guys got to try that. It smelled crazy, and it tasted the exact opposite. Sorry. The classic mochi is like a wrapping flavor. That's mm-hmm. the most popular fla- uh, flavor of mochi. Mm-hmm. And there's brown sugar flavor, really good, too. Okay. Matcha is classic as well. I tried an ube one the other day, which I thought was really good. Ube, love it. Ube, oh, that they have ube for everything mostly. (laughs) (laughs) I can't wait till we do Philippines again next year. That is going to be a fun one to do. That'll be great because uh, we've got several employees that will bake different things with the ube and stuff. 
Sounds stuff. fun. Yeah, I love it. I last year when I saw, I know we've, I, I'm derailing constantly, but when I saw we had the condensed ube milk, I was like, I'm gonna make an ube style sweet potato pie. And that would have been delicious. Wow. I'm gonna, that's my attempt at fusion. Oh. I don't know what I'm doing though. I'm learning as we go. That's a pretty strange. It is. Was there uh, were there any other things that we should really focus on? I see like I've seen wasabi come to play. I see some coconut jellies over there. I see peanuts and pea snacks. Should we try some of the pea snacks or anything? If we want to, yeah. That's that's a good good one. <laughs> the one trick I've learned about international snack packaging is I always want to go this way to open it, and they rarely open that way. They're always a tear bag. Yeah. Oh, I did not tear enough. This is really just in 30 minutes of me improperly yep. opening packaging. Oh, those look fun. Those don't look like peas. Yeah, they don't look like peas at all. They look like Fritos honey barbecue twists. Frito twirls, yeah. <laughs> Ooh, they smell great. You can use spicy, right? They have original flavors, not spicy. All right, I'll choke these down. You'll be okay. It's pretty. It's pretty mild so far. Yeah, it shouldn't be. Too Ooh, that's great. Yeah, it's got like a nice, almost like um, sesame-ish. There's like that, like salty soy, whatever that umami is. I'm looking for. That's. I think that's really good. And not too spicy. I think it tastes a lot like the Nepal snacks. Yeah. Yeah, really do. Well, I'm assuming there's a lot of like spice cross pollination in that, you know, just like anywhere else, right? Where mm -hmm. suddenly I mean, you're most like. Stuff comes from everywhere else, too. Right. <laughs> well, the, the Nepalis <laughs> use a lot of the peppers. That's. Yeah, they use a lot of peppers. I'm into it. That's good. Yeah, that's a fun day. So I guess really the point is here. If you're all coming out, or you're watching the show, you're listening to the show, whatever, you got to come out to the store and check this stuff out. I mean, again, watch the video version just so you get an idea. This is a small section of what we've got available. And if you're going to the Eastgate location, it's right as you enter, you'll see a big sign for all the Discoveries products. And if you're at the Fairfield store, which are both in Ohio, not California or any other states that everyone on TikTok keeps asking you about, um, we finally beaten you, California. Uh, but it's right near the registers as you get ready to pay an exit. I love it. The crunch. Moni, thank you so much for coming back. You are welcome. And I'm Jim. Happy to be Always here. Always a pleasure. Yeah. Uh, is it? <laughs> <laughs> well, thank you all so much. Have a great rest of the day. All that good stuff. And uh, yeah. Jim, Moni, thank you both so much for coming on. Moni, you're a great guest. I love having you on there. Thank you for teaching us all about Taiwan today. It was fun. And for those of you listening, don't forget, Discoveries changes every month, and we always carry all these products, but we just like to focus on them. So coming up soon, you're going to see my Cinco de Mayo content because that'll be our next step in the Discoveries plan this year. I'm really hyped about it. I can't wait. Now, we're at that part of the show where, you know, as I'm viewing the, the show overall, I'm thinking what we're going to do is we've got our usual, like, informative segments. But because we're doing video now, too, I really want to do this kind of, like, late-night style. So I always like the idea of having maybe a little silly bit that feels on brand. So maybe it's a musical guest. Maybe it's a comedian. Or today, maybe a wrestling federation is going to come into Jungle Gyms and take over the WJJI studio. Yeah, this place is crazy. Let's check it out. All right, folks, you're here at Jungle Gyms today, and I'm in the middle of a takeover of the WJJI studio today. I've been blessed by the fine folks at NWF Wrestling. Welcome to the studio, gentlemen. 
Thanks for having us. Yeah, man. thank you. Thank you very much for having us. It is uh, it's really cool to be here. Yeah, it's really cool to have you here. I think it's fun. You all are doing a show. Let's just let's get all the the uh, clerical work out of the way at the top, right? Yes, please. We've got a show coming up on Saturday, April thirtieth, right here in Fairfield, right? We sure do. Yes, yeah, we, we do. It's uh, down at the Swine City Brewery, about ten minutes from here, and. Uh, yeah, we're, we're, we're very excited because uh, we're the first time back in Fairfield since October because it's an outdoor venue. So oh. it's, it's it's a seasonal kind of venue that we have, but with it's always exciting coming back to Fairfield because Fairfield's kind of like our baby in terms of towns that we run in. I, I usually say the best thing for wrestling is kids, mm-hmm. and the second best thing for wrestling is drunk people. <laughs> so to be able to have both of those things in the same place at the ready – Beer, pizza, All and, my and kids. really good kids. beer and pizza too. I'm into it. Yeah. Um, Shout out to Dan over there at Swine City. So. Yeah, absolutely. And, and uh, just the whole staff really is great. Yeah. Yeah. They're all good. I to just us. don't know them personally. <laughs> <laughs> they're all good to us, and we and we love running there. And actually, when we started running there, they actually did a lot of putting up like uh, lights in case it gets dark, so we can keep the show going and like see. They built this sort of put down good. Uh, uh, before it was somewhat of you know pretty muddy, so they laid down a whole bunch of cedar chip and really like built this area for us to be able to run and and um, promote our company and promote what we do. Um, so yeah, April thirtieth we have Championship Saturday. That's right, all titles on the line. Uh-oh. All titles on the line at Swine City Brewing in Fairfield, Ohio. Well, I was just glad you all came and reached out in the first place because I was like, you know, Jungle Jim's is a kind of a anything goes kind of place. So I thought this made a lot of sense. And I thought it'd be fun. <laughs> no um, holds barred. <laughs> uh, one question before I have you all introduce each other: Do you all supply the ring or is Swine City? No, that is that is our ring. So. Cool. Um, actually, and I, and I do think it's sort of one of the more appealing aspects of going to Swine City because it is outside. So you can just see it from the street or driving or wherever. Um, there is a, a big, what I, what I would consider common misconception in wrestling that what we do takes place on trampolines or okay. on foam pillows and mattress-like surface. Hmm. Um, so you can see all of us out there constructing the ring which is made out of just metal bars and wood and wood. Cool. Just metal bars and giant like six by our <laughs> ring is 18 by 18. So just giant boards, metal bars and, and the, uh, the ropes too. people. I, I, I would always, even when I first started coming around the business, what I, what surprised me is just that the ropes they're, just giant metal, like the things that hold telephone poles to the ground. Oh, yeah, wow. it's just that wrapped in tape. It ah. is cable. Well, you have like hose lining too. That is. The I'll say our into. our ropes specifically are just giant cables, like telephone pole, like electric cables, um, with the ever so slight padding of like a garden hose wrapped around, uh, and then just duct taped. Um, red, white, and blue. The the ring is just wood and steel. The ropes are steel with an extra little bit of padding. Um, but if you've never seen a ring constructed or you've ever wondered, you know, what are they, you know, bumping around on in there? Yeah. Uh, it's a really cool thing to sort of watch the ring go up step by step. That's actually the part of the game I think I'd be very interested in seeing, to be honest with you. So maybe show up a little early that day. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. So I'm into it. It's, um, it's really cool. And it's, it's one of those things where you don't often think about, you know, if a professional of their specific craft has a tool they've ever been able to make that tool or use that tool, mm-hmm. um, 
But all of us together, time and time again, putting the ring up, we all know how to construct our ring. We all know how to put it together. There's a lot more that goes into it than you'd think. It's, you know, our four giant 800-pound steel posts. They're so heavy. Really? Yes, they are. They are. That's um, why we've got, like, strapping young lads like yourselves to pull them out there. Absolutely. That's why I... (laughs) (laughs) Don't set up the ring. I set up the mics. (laughs) Now you know why I have this job, too. I'm like, enjoy the cameras, Lucky. Um, Well, let's go around the table. Noah, introduce yourself. Uh, My name is Noah Gabriel. Uh, I am one of the wrestlers for Northern Wrestling Federation. I have been in the business for four years come uh, May. Cool. Uh, um, I've I've experienced a lot of aspects of wrestling as well. Uh, I've done security. I've refed for a little bit. I've actually done what AJ has done. I've also commentated. I've announced. I've wrestled. You name it, I've done it. But now I'm finding my stride in wrestling, especially for, for Raj and for the NWF. Beautiful. Do you have like a style or a, any signature moves or sayings that uh, I, we should tell everyone about? Uh, I, I say that I am, quote, born to wrestle. Uh, it's, it's kind of like this, you know, I feel like this is what I've been meant to do. I've been doing, I, I feel like I was born to do it. Show yeah. off the merch. Show off the oh, merch. Yeah. Show off yeah. merch. I, uh, oh, I got these, I new, merch shirt. I got oh, these new shirts, uh, made. Um, yeah. And then I also say that everyone taps because here recently I made our tri-state champion tap out and Ooh. I haven't. Yeah. So it's me and him have gone back and forth, uh, these past several months and I never, and I've been trying to make him tap ever since. And, uh, yeah, so so that kind of answers your question. I'm kind of a very like submission technical style cool. kind of wrestler. Yeah, the voice of the future. Yeah, that's me. And the voice of the future kind of super cool. How about you, AJ? Uh, AJ Vest. I'm um, the announcer, commentator. Uh, any job that Roger doesn't want to do is what I do, really. Um, but uh, I think he's it. lying, but he's not. The most useful it. person in the NWF. Yeah. Oh, we got some viewers out there. Wait, everybody now. Useful. Um, and I just like being around the business. I, I go to NKU media for media broadcasting. Cool. So that was my way to convince my parents to let me be around people that throw each other around. So, Do you have uh, a uh, favorite professor down there right now in the program? Oh, or uh, a least favorite? Maybe both? Favorite, Chris Strobel. Least okay. favorite, I don't want my grades to go any further. I stand. I love Chris, too. But my two go-tos were John Gibson and Sarah Drabeck. Gibson and Drabeck yeah, are also always great. Love, the whole team down there exactly, truly is amazing. Exactly. I'm a fellow. I'm a grad from there, so that's awesome. North's up, baby. Yeah, right? <laughs> <laughs> He's off brand. Um, can you give me your best like announcer ring oh, call gosh. voice? Oh gosh, Chandler, your inner Put over the show. Put over yeah, the show. Give them the, run, give them the rundown of championship rundown. Saturday. <laughs> what which camera do you want me to look into? That one right there. All right. Ladies and gentlemen, Saturday night, April 30th, the NWF returns to the Swine City Brewery for Championship Saturday. Every single title on the line, you're going to want to be at the Swine City Brewery. Can you tell me in that announcer voice what your favorite thing at Jungle Gyms is? My favorite thing at Jungle Gyms has got to be their incredible selection of hot sauces. Big fan of hot sauces. I put that stuff on everything. So uh, check out the local Hot sauce aisle at Jungle Gym. I just now realized this. Has anybody ever told you that your announcer voice kind of sounds like Jim Carrey when you started out just a little <laughs> bit? I have been told that I am just Andy Kaufman and Jim Carrey's love child. Yes. Oh, which is really weird because we actually have the paternity results oh. coming in at the end of the center. <laughs> Rex, up up to you, baby. Yeah, uh, so I'm Rex, just Rex. R-E-X spells Rex. Um, 
I am right now currently, um, I don't want to say I am the Rex Express, but everyone who views the NWF, everyone who supports me, everybody who comes out to see Rex conquer, to see Rex thrive, is the Rex Express. And uh, that's really all it's about. In terms of wrestling, I am just a large, a large man that likes to just throw people around. Oh, cool. And if cool. you get in the ring with me, I promise, I promise... You are not walking out. You are crawling out or you're being carried out. I have uh, <laughs> I have my 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 one move, my big move. Obviously, I hit the Rex Express. Sure. But my one thing I like to call it is just something awesome. Okay. So when they call it from the boot, they can just say, and something awesome happened. <laughs> and then you got to be there to see what something awesome is. But That's I great. promise, I promise, I stand six foot eight, almost 400 pounds. Get in the ring with me. Something awesome. Yeah, let's sta- let's stand up next to each other. Just so yeah, everybody. let's I'm, yeah, let's. Do you're that. a full foot taller than me, unless I'm telling the truth about my height. Oh, you see that? You can't even see both of us, can you? <laughs> I'm just gonna. I'm sorry to like cuddle in here. Oh no, yeah, get close. I'll stand close. Oh man, I'm yeah, I can really it. see the height. We're like an entire head different. That's pretty cool. I'm I don't know why I'm posing yeah. like we just went to the, 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 the prom. The prom poser picture. It. It's a prom picture. It's like getting a prom yeah, picture with Andre the Giant. I'm taking the Rex Express <laughs> directly to prom. Yeah, absolutely. Hey, hop on. This is my favorite part of the whole presentation is just how excited and passionate you all get about this. And I can only imagine. It's like any other competitive sport, right, where you're just like, this one person was the one holding me back. For me, it's other podcasters. I'm like, Joe Rogan, if you're listening... <laughs> I'm going to put Joe Rogan over the top ring. I have marginally less training in the ring than you do. You know, no, it's it's amazing. Well, if I, you ever get that chance, call me and I'll help out. <laughs> I got your back. Awesome. I got your back. Oh, that'd be amazing. You know, one thing I was thinking about the whole time is I was kind of hoping you all might be willing to show off like a hold or two while you're here. And That's, I know we yeah. have a willing participant. That you may or may not have brought with you. Uh, are you sure he's willing? I, I mean, he's willing enough in okay. that okay. he's still in the room right now waiting in the wings for this to happen. You, so I was thinking I might have each of you show a technique off if that's right. okay. That's, yeah, that's you, fine. You want me to hurt Bleaker? I think you need... I, I don't want you to. I need you to. <laughs> who am I to disappoint? Who are we to disappoint? I mean, who are we to disappoint when when being asked? You know, who are we to disappoint when being asked to uh, possibly, possibly, you know, know, possibly hurt Bleaker? No, you want to go first? Yeah, we can go first. Okay, so Zach, why don't you come on out here? Zach's part of the NWF fan. Come on out, Zach. Lucky, where would you like him to stand? Okay, everyone. So thank you for being willing to do this. Thank you, Zach. Appreciate you. this might be the end of Zach. I'm pretty excited. And should we both do announcer voice? Should I also do announcer I voice? I think you should do it in announcer voice. That would be incredible. All right. This time, Zach Schunkweiler is coming out here to be choke slammed at the WJJI studio. I mean, I don't know. Choke slam sounds right, right? I, I, you agreed to a lot of things. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> I'm suddenly regretting my decision the to do this. The contract you signed is surprisingly unspecific on what exactly is going to happen to you. 
<laughs> yeah, yeah. You you didn't think it was weird that we had you sign in blood? We're gonna we're uh, the wrestlers are gonna do tricks. If you all want to watch this, it should be fun. If, if you want to watch somebody get beat up in a public setting, <laughs> here you are. All right, let's move it on. All right, folks, I think we're gonna get ready to do this. Noah Gabriel coming up first. All right, so this one. Uh, uh, let me get a mic. Uh, no, come over to uh, this mic arm real fast absolutely. and just tell us what you're gonna do to Zach while okay, we look at so, Zach. Okay, uh, so I'm gonna I'm gonna do something kind of advanced. It's an old school uh, uh, hold uh, made famous by the one and only Bob Backlund. Um, it's called the crossface chicken wing. It's not what it's not a maneuver I use a lot, but it's it's one that I definitely have grown to appreciate over time. So okay, let's do it. Observe. Yeah, AJ, give us some pointers on his All technique. All right. Oh, he's got him! Noah Gabriel locks Zach in the in the crossface chicken wing. He's gonna tap. He's gonna give up. He's out. He's out. You can't see it from out there, but he is. He's tapping out, and there's he's... definitely tapping happening. Oh my gosh! I think Zach's dead. Oh nope, he coughed. He's okay. He's coughing. That's good. He'll make it to the next one. I let go. It's fine. That is beautiful form. Beautiful form. Oh look at that! What a champ. You have one more too. I have a couple. I mean, I have a couple. Uh, this one is, was made famous by uh, the, the uh, Taz. Uh, Joey Styles called it the Kata Hajime, but it's otherwise better known as the Taz Mission. Okay. Observe. Okay. Oh, and he's got him in the Taz Mission. Zach, Zach, his face is turning purple quite literally. I'm almost scared for him, but it's Zach, so it'll be fine. I'm glad because he's blending into the studio colors. That's right. And... Once again, okay, he's got a pulse. He's good. he's good. All right, good enough for me. Beautiful. All right, Zach, no more complaining, no more lollygagging and other things like that. I think we've got one more hold. Okay, we've got one more. Now the Rex Express is pulling up into the station here. I'm pretty excited about this one. Six foot eight man, near 400 pounds <laughs> of pure muscle and anger <laughs> and rage. Oh my gosh, I got to get another angle on this. This is ridiculous. You know, I, a lot of people are like, Mark, you have the best job in the company. And I'm like, whatever do you mean? Anyway, continue to do wrestling techniques on someone I used to work with. Everybody out there listening, his fate will be in your hands. What? Oh, gosh. Oh, and he gets him up, picks up Zach. No, no, no. Zach, he's like seven feet in the air right now. Oh my gosh, oh. right on the concrete. <laughs> he's got to record he's got to record the the event later. But he probably won't be able to because he's currently spasming in the Jungle Gym studio floor. Oh, uh, Rex, I feel like you should go out there and give a cheer to the everybody watching still. And uh, you know what, if everyone can hear out there, I think we should also give a little cheer to Zach for yes. taking those for no, you should Dying. get out there too. Go ahead and get a little cheer. Come on, give it up for uh, Noah and Rex out here showing off some techniques live in the studio today. Look at them. <laughs> I'm going to show everybody that you're all right. For legal reasons. For legal reasons, Zach. Oh, Fine. Are you following us out, Mark? Mm -hmm. Oh, sorry, I spoke to you in the eye. But you know what? It's all right. He's, he's <laughs> hey, AJ, he's okay. He's gonna. Be he's up. fine, folks. He's doing great. <laughs> Have a seat. Take a nap. There you go. Beautiful work. Yeah. Okay. 
He's fine. He feels mostly soft. His breathing's slightly erratic, but not that erratic. Uh, He'll be fine in an hour. Come on back in here. He's good. Just leave him there. He's fine. He'll be good. Well, that was phenomenal. You guys helped me have a bucket list item, which was to watch a grown man be choked in my studio here. Uh, 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 not again, what's the opposite of against? For his will. Uh, let's get a little quick round of applause for Zach on that one. Thanks for hanging in, Bleaker. Yeah, we appreciate it. Um, well, let's go one more time. So we're talking Saturday, April 30th, Swine City Brewing, just right near here in Jungle Gems. Yeah, uh, here's a question. So I know I got uh, earlier, I got your favorite item here. Noah, I'm going to ask you this. Do you have a favorite thing about Jungle Gems? Uh, I like the uh, arrangement of sodas. I think there was a like a bubblegum Roddy Piper soda that I saw one time. I think time. it's still out on the shelves, yeah. if I'm not mistaken. And uh, I saw that probably like a year and a half ago, and it just caught my eye. And like, I... I like I like soda pop a lot and uh, yeah and just some of the flavors that they have like I've never drink them like I'm never probably gonna <laughs> drink like spinach pop or whatever but like I it's just interesting to see like what flavors people come up with sure I tried butter and mustard sodas separate two separate right, flavors right, the other right. day yeah it was uh, they're definitely beverages yes. I'll put it that way yeah. <laughs> yeah, <then laughs> well what's the, what's the Rex Express plowing through and grabbing here when he comes to the jungle. Uh, well, the Rex Express is going to roll through Jungle Gyms, and uh, he's going to give the very honest answer. The Rex Express is a nerd, uh, and so I'm just staring right at all the games, all the toys, all the fun stuff That's that someone my like age right should not right be now. interested in. But the second we've wrapped this up and we hit that door, I'm going to be looking at the Funko Pops. I'm going to be looking <laughs> at the bobbleheads. I'm going to be looking at the board games. I'm going to be looking at the Nerf guns. Uh, anything else I can grab to uh, inflict more pain on Bleaker over there. I'm gonna. I'm looking for the biggest Nerf gun I've got, and I have a little uh, human target practice. That's perfect. Uh, with Shonk over there. We'll bust over out some of the lightsabers, maybe. I feel like he's Ooh, a few absolutely. Do you have absolutely. Like, lightsabers that are like look like kendo sticks? Oh, I wish. No, they're, these are like the uh, the replica ones. They're like they're I'm, pretty I'm, fancy. I'm into it. I yeah, Hulk into fists. It. Oh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you can have Hulk hands. Okay, okay. No, I can grab a lightsaber. I'll grab a Nerf gun. What are you grabbing? Are I'm you probably also grabbing a lightsaber, to be honest right. with you. Yeah. Well, uh, Zach, you are out of luck, sir. There's no <laughs> no weapons left for you. That's all. He's used to it by now. <laughs> all right, folks. So make sure you come out Saturday, April 30th, Swine City Brewing. And guess what? Even more fun. The after party is on campus here at the Buffalo Wings and Rings. <clears throat> Absolutely. Well, hey, that's the show this week. It was a lot of fun. I brought a little weird, a little information. I hope you all enjoyed as much as possible. And guess what? If you're still listening to the audio-only version, go ahead. Join us on YouTube. I want to show you the store. It's a fun, crazy place. I didn't even mention this before. You should join us on TikTok, too, under Jungle Gyms Market. It's going to be a great time. I'm going to teach you all kinds of stuff. And while normally I'll see you out in the aisles, I think I'm going to recline in these first-class seats outside of the WJJI studio and take a little nap. So on that, I will, uh, yeah. I'm going to see something, all right. See you next week. The Jungle Gyms podcast is recorded in the WJJI studio inside Jungle Gyms International Market in Fairfield, Ohio. The Jungle Gyms podcast is produced and hosted by Mark Borison.